Welcome to Demogranomics, your insight to the powerful surprises ahead for the US economy. Demogranomics, where people make markets. And now, here is Mike Williams. Hey there, and welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for joining us. Mike Williams here. Uh, we're going to call this one Summer Swoon with a question mark. Right on time, as expected, the media noise is increasing this week as trading volume in the market dissipates, just as we expected a couple of weeks ago. There's plenty of topics to banter about back and forth. The weak consumer, supposedly, the terrible jobs picture, the horrible election choices, and the seemingly not-too-coherent Fed heads. We're back to that spot in the calendar where experts will tell us of impending doom, the calling the top businesses alive and well. Given this is the nature of summers, I find it useful to review now and be very prepared for the opportunity of a summer swoon. So at the risk of causing boredom for the next 10 or 15 minutes, uh, here we go. I call this the good, the bad, and the ugly. First, let's cover the good, sort of. In the haze of fear, our minds tend to forget how afraid we are during periods of duress in the past, during periods of market events which are at the time deemed apocalypse now. We forget what we were thinking and feeling after we know how the story ends. After we make it through a previous mind-numbing event, we don't recall in the same emotional manner how we felt at the time. The tinge of real risk is not there from the past because, well, we're here now covering it. Hence, our mind no longer defines it as risky. This emotional block in all of us is precisely why one hears these five very expensive words repeated over decades of time at every single major fork in the road. Those five words, quote, it's never been this bad, unquote. Trust me here, the Dow was 970 when I started in the business. Inflation was 15% and the prime rate was clocking in at 20%. It's indeed been much worse and we did just fine. The bad? Well, the next 30 years are probably going to be a lot like the last 30 years. Disasters, natural and man-made, epidemics, drought, economic collapse, bear markets, bull markets, fraud, Wall Street mayhem, and more I am sure you can imagine on your own. It'll all take place, oddly enough, much like we had for the last 30 years, while the markets were rising over decades of time. The key word there, while. The ugly, well, Everyone reads all the wonderful results of long-term investors, long-term investors who played by the requirements, tough as they are many times, bask in the glow of the rewards of being a long-term investor. The crowds who are unwilling to take the required pathway to gain those long-term results are convinced the market is rigged by some secret society, some group out to get us all. The ugly fact is that if we expect the very nice rewards of long-term investing, we must adhere to the facts of long-term investing. That means we must invest through the meltdowns 
through the corrections, through the fraud, the deceit, all the disasters, market tops, fears, market bottoms, and all the bear and bull market ugliness in between. It's a fact. Trying to step outside of these factors is a waste of time and, as records show, a very costly error for a vast majority who do so. Why? Well, history is filled with the elements I speak of. Having been blessed to have been partners with some of the smartest guys out there, though, I recall many a lesson from my boss, who I'll call RWK. He was a partner and very well-respected colleague. And here's some of those thoughts. Quote, market fluctuations, even violent ones, come to an end. When they do, investors who have panicked will not be able to bring themselves to get back into the recovering market. This happens time and time again, and it is the primary reason why most investors fare far worse than the market averages over time. Make no mistake, there is a psychic income to stop the bleeding. People do feel better and sometimes smarter being out of the markets during downdrafts. These feelings may well outweigh the opportunity cost that inevitably will be paid when the markets turn. But if the real reason for investing is to preserve capital for future generations and not to feel good about yourself and how smart you are, these opportunity costs are far too great to bear. Unquote. Surprising? Listen, two market crash periods which live in infamy are 1929 and 1987. Just the mention of the years caused the body temp to rise and our skin twitches and our heart rate quickens. We fear in the back of our mind we're always on the verge of another one of those crashes. Many may not recall, though, that those two big be- two periods that drive such fearful memories, recovered rather quickly. For example, it took just nine months for the dividend-adjusted average stock to make it back to its pre-1987 crash level. Nine months. The fear went on, by the way, years after. We're still afraid of it. In 1929's case, oddly enough, it took just six months. Imagine that. The Great Depression crash, and it took just six months to get stocks back. I call this just the facts, ma'am, a subpar investing strategy that one can stick with and apply consistently will nearly always outperform a brilliant strategy that one gives up on when the pressure is high. Your final investing results probably won't be determined by whether you currently use a strategy that historically delivers an extra percentage point of return. What will matter more than all other ensuing factors is this. Did you stick with the investing plan however you chose to do it through every thick and thin element that you faced? Benjamin Graham once said, the purpose of the margin of safety is to render the forecast unnecessary. What do you mean by that? Look, things go up and down. We can lay aside the stress of wondering, questioning, and fooling ourselves 
into thinking that we can predict the next bull or bear market. Oddly enough, long-term investors over time understand those are not the important things to focus upon. Predictions of Armageddon have sold many a newsletter and caused many a website hit, but they have never properly defined the future for investors. That has been a failed effort since I started in this business in 1982. And by the way, just about everything we're afraid of today happened since 1982, while the market went up. So I'm not suggesting here we wear rose-colored glasses, but the process of believing in a better future has been far more productive, no matter the obstacles we have faced in the near term. We have overcome them all. As we face the world today, embracing the change we're watching sift through the economy is good. Ignoring it is fatal. We are on the verge of the mother of all changes. What we fear today will not be in our minds three years from now. Five years from now, those fears will likely cause laughter. Here's a bizarre thought. Focus on demographics, not economics. Yes, I know it's a repetitive thought in these podcasts, but a required one. Count people. Our economy has been blessed with seeds which will drive massive growth in the future. Growth we are not focused on as a society because we now focus only on risk. There's a reason the barbell economy is working just fine. There's a reason the regular old vanilla barbell portfolio noted for you in your members area continues to work just fine without any hedging or options or gimmickry or any other fancy Wall Street sauce. It's based on people. Large blocks of people who would do relatively predictable things as they age. Do we really believe what happens in China will, will change the number of baby boomers who will need to see a dentist or an eye doctor for the next 40 years? Likewise, will Brexit, Chexit, or Grexit really ever have anything to do with the number of U.S. Generation Y kids who will grow up to be an adult and build their own lives, their own homes, and their own families in the next three, five, and ten years? Seriously, folks, let's keep this more simple. Simple is more effective over time. Admittedly, it's much tougher to do in a world of too much data but it does work better. The bottom line, the generational drivers unique to the U.S. cannot be erased. These elements are set to ignite surprising benefits ahead for the U.S., all while we will also encounter short-term setbacks and many bad data points along the way up the mountain. Net-net, for long-term investors, the surprise, as difficult as it may seem to be, remains to the upside. So let's pray for a summer swoon to use to our advantage. We'll be back to the grind of data on the next podcast. Make sure you check your members area for video. And until we see you again, may your journey be grand and your legacy significant.